The following audio is from the Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. And I want to talk today. This is a little bit unique, um, but how many of you guys have heard what, what's going on at Asbury University, Kentucky? Anybody kind of heard some of that? Okay. Um, if you haven't, what's been happening is uh, there was a, they have chapel services there and they were having chapel and they dismissed chapel and some students wanted to stay and pray. And um, something happened pretty uniquely with uh, the Holy Spirit really working in the hearts of the students. And it, it spilled into even the faculty at the university. And then kind of words started rippling out and, and people started showing up in droves. And it's been going on for, uh, I think, about three weeks, something like that. And it's pretty significant um, and, and, and profound, again, that the Holy Spirit is doing this unique work. And people over and over are saying, this is amazing. And it's also spilled out from that university to uh, Lee University was the next. And then there's been a bunch of others, and some of them aren't even like Christian or Christ-centered universities. They're kind of your state universities, but God is doing this amazing work in particular among young adults that, that really is profound. What I find amazing is this, that this comes at about the same time as this movie came out called Jesus Revolution. Anybody see that movie yet? It's only been out a few days, and if you haven't seen it, I really do encourage you to go see it. So let, let me try to do this, but um, backstory for me is that when I gave my life to Christ in 1992, I started listening to the ministry of a guy named Greg Laurie. The, the movie talks about this guy, Greg Laurie, and Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee. Let me give you a little context. There was something back then that happened. We're talking post-hippie movement of the 60s. So in the late 60s, there was kind of this you know, hippie movement that happened. And, and as the hippies were, were kind of disillusioned by some of what they were experiencing, they started figuring, like, what about church? What about this Jesus thing? And, and what happened was what they kind of called the Jesus movement or the Jesus people or whatever. And some of you were those people. So congratulations. But anyway, um, but in the, in, in the late 60s, early 70s, there was this you know, hippies trying to figure things out. And what, what happened in particular in Southern California was in the church of a guy named Chuck Smith. He was a lead pastor at that church. They started coming and the church itself wasn't super excited about it. They're like, uh-oh, these people need to clean up their act and all this stuff. And, and Chuck Smith is like, but isn't Jesus for everybody? And, and shouldn't we welcome and open the doors to anybody that's hungry to understand anything about Jesus? And, and again, little by little, the, this movement happened, and it's similar to what you hear about Asbury and, and, and stuff going on all over our nation, sort of, in that it spilled out from Southern California and really made its way kind of around the nation. When you watch the story, it's people encountering the Holy Spirit in a profound way. So let me, let me uh, again, explain a little bit. When I gave my life to Christ. I didn't grow up in church world. I had been to church and I believed in something out there, some higher power. But in 1992, um, I had somebody invite me to a church setting and I, I came to a church setting. It was actually here at this church um, way back when. And um, this is going to sound sensational and I get it. I really do. But uh, what happened was I was in this meeting and the pastor had asked everyone to stand up and he wanted to pray. And of course I was respectful. So I stood up and just closed my eyes and, and he began to pray. And with my eyes closed, I, again, this sounds nuts, but I had a vision of Jesus like standing in front of me. And I know someone go, well, what do you look like? And it's not about like what he looked like. It's about that. I felt like, man, he's right there and began to walk towards me and like walked into me. And I remember like, okay, that was nuts. That was weird. I feel a little crazy. And after this, I went home with this friend and we were talking about what happened. And this friend said, now that you know the truth, you need to make a decision to serve Jesus or not. And that was really the, the, the change, a huge change in my life because of that encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, and um, 
there's all, I could explain all kinds of things about it along the way that were amazing to me. But, but here's what I want to say. There's something about what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And here's a concern I want to share with you. The concern is this. For a lot of individuals, if you've been in church world for any length of time and you understand this whole thing about Jesus, we believe wholeheartedly that, that God, John 3, 16, so loved mankind, so loved this world, so loved every person that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, the, the, the key there is obviously when we talk about it, there's an issue of sin that separates us from God. And you and I trying to do good things doesn't make that way clear. It doesn't, doesn't fix anything. It's not about our works. It's what God has done in Christ. That's why you see crosses on churches or people wearing them. It's because what Jesus did on the cross was pay for the sins of all mankind. Okay. Most of you are tracking with me here. We believe that's the most important message ever. He died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. And coming up on Easter, the third day, he rose from the dead, defeating, Paul says, the last enemy, which is death, and proving himself to be the Messiah that the nation of Israel had been waiting for. And so that is at the, the core of this whole conversation. That's why the church is the church, why we gather and, and, and worship together when we baptize, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But let me say this. Some of you in raising kids and at some point when their kids are five or six or whatever age they might be, you might have had a conversation with your kid and you said, well, here's what we believe. And, and, and well, I believe that. Well, can I invite Jesus in? Right. Anybody ever done that? It's pretty awesome to pray with your kids like that. And what you say is this. Jesus lives in your heart. How many of you guys know that? Understand that? Raise your hand. Everybody that understands that. When we talk about Jesus lives in your heart, here's what I want to explain so that you clearly understand it. We believe that when you invite, when you pray, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of all of my sin, wipe my slate clean, I need a new beginning, which by the way, a couple of Sundays ago, we had 45 people give their lives to faith in Jesus. Come on, that's worth celebrating. When we pray that prayer, most of us have heard this and believe this, Jesus comes to live in our hearts, right? Okay, let me explain something. When we talk about Jesus coming to live in our hearts, too many people believe that Jesus comes to live in our hearts, and, and then so we, we invite him in, and we go about all of our days of living, and then we die and we go to heaven. And that's great, and it's true, but there's meant to be more to it. And this is something I want you to understand. That's called a static relationship. Jesus is there, and we believe that, and we go about our days, and maybe we go to church, maybe we read the Bible, whatever you know, stuff we do, and then we die and we go to heaven. Great. But Jesus did not intend to live in our hearts and it be a static relationship. And as I was putting my message together, and we're going to talk about John chapter 5 in a minute. When I was putting my notes together, what kept hitting me was dynamic. What the Lord wants from all of us is a dynamic relationship. Meaning that the Holy Spirit is not just existing in there and we're going to get to heaven eventually, but that as we live out our days every day, we have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus even said, I'm going away, but when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And over and over, we're given descriptions of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives from fill us with power to shine light and be witnesses and explain the gospel to people to set us free from burdens and addictions and stuff like that to move us into a place of forgiveness towards others because we've received forgiveness. Uh, there, there's all kinds of things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. But what happens is we pray the prayer, we invite him in, and we just live out our days. When I bring up Asbury, when I bring up the Jesus Revolution movie, when I bring up my own experience, I want to tell you something. We believe that the Holy Spirit was a healer. 
But do you know something? He still is. We believe that our God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, is a deliverer. Not just that he was, but he still is. We believe that the Holy Spirit is, is, is a comforter. Not just that he was, but he still is. And one of my concerns in our world is we get so used to just going through the motions of spirituality that we miss what God wants to do. And in John chapter 5, there's this story and it says this. Afterward, Jesus uh, returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, picture it, crowds of sick people the blind, the lame, the paralyzed lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? How many of you like that feels like a little bit of an insulting question, right? But Jesus asked it, so he's clearly not trying to be insulting. Okay, would you like to get well? Well, the guy hasn't walked in 38 years. Of course he wants to. And, and yet when he poses the question, the answer is, I can't. Sir, I can't. My legs don't work. And there was some sort of idea that when the waters were stirred, they believed angels were stirring it. And the first one in gets healed and everybody else gets left out. And so he's like, I, I, people that have legs can run and jump in and they get healed. People that can get there quicker than I can, they get, I don't get nothing. And yet the question echoes something deeper in the heart, which is Jesus, always, always Jesus' point. Let's get to something deeper here. And when I bring this up today, and I love how in the story, Jesus will literally go, you don't need the pool, you don't need the myth or the fable about the angels stirring water and people being made well. What you need is healing. But at the core, what happens in our lives is that we live with a static relationship with the Holy Spirit. When what I believe is that there are people in this room that God wants to heal you. What I believe for some people in this room is that God wants to set you free. There are people in here, you have a blinding anger and you've burned bridges and it keeps happening and you just keep going, well, I am what I am. I am who I am. And God isn't okay with that. One of my concerns in life is that when we live with a static relationship and yet God wants to work, we, we don't give in to him wanting to work. And what happens in life, and I've thought about this, the older we get, you remember that, that idea that somebody becomes an old curmudgeon? Oh, he's just an old curmudgeon. What does it mean? Somebody, they're always grouchy and always kind of sideways and it just is who they are. But here's what I believe, that there comes a point in all of our lives, men and women, where the older you get, the more you know. The more you know, the less correction you receive. The less correction you receive, the more you make excuses for who you are. And yet the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart. I want to deal with that because it's not helping you bear fruit. Some of you, it's an addiction. And every night you got to have a drink and it calms you down so that you can sleep, so you can get up and go about your day. And some of you, it's in the morning. And some of you, it's during. And some of you, it may be that you're given to drunkenness. And God wants to set you free. And there's some, and it's, it's pills, and you had a surgery, and you had to take oxy, and all of a sudden, and there's your story. And some of you, and for the sake of some of the ages in this room, I'll simply say it this way. Some of you, there's sexual challenges. And there's things that you give into, and you keep going around and around the mountain of this thing, and you refuse to confront it, or you just go, it is who I am, or I've tried to pray, and nothing has happened. So you gave up praying, and you just go, I am who I am. 
And God wants to set you free. God wants to deliver you. God wants to do a work through the dynamic relationship with his spirit inside of you. Some of you. And we had somebody in the tank earlier weeping, talking about forgiving their mom who had passed away because they realized the work of God was bringing that right to the forefront of their hearts. Some of you learning to walk out grace and forgiveness. When we talk about, again, Asbury or Jesus revolution or some of my experience as a follower of Christ, what I want to do is, is call you out today. There's some of you in here that need to respond. Here's what I love. And I've read a lot about what's been going on as a pastor. I, I keep my ears akin to what's happening. And so Asbury and Lee and all these things. And here's what comes up over and over. And this was one of the points that was made by a professor at Asbury. They said this. What's amazing is in a world that's so full of anxiety. Anybody familiar with that? Anxiety seems to be through the roof. In a world full of anxiety, what we sense in these movements is an incredible peace from God. They said in a world full of death. And, and, and again, it's weird because on one hand, we sort of celebrate death by being ghoulish on October 31st or watching zombie movies or movies that, that, that bring up death. But we don't deal with death one on one and confront it by attending memorials and, and weeping and grieving because it hurts too much. And we sort of remove ourselves from the equation. But in a world that celebrates death, there's this sense through the Holy Spirit of life. And in a world that feels divisive and so many have said hopeless, what they sense is God bringing hope to people's hearts. Why do I bring it all up today? Because I don't want us to, to have a static relationship with God anymore. And the Holy Spirit that does live inside of you, I want to challenge you to open yourself to what he wants to do. And I'm going to stand up here and I, I, here's what I hate. I'm not a pitch man. I'm not a salesman. I'm not trying to say, hey, you do this, and, and I'm going to make you be healed today because it's not about me. But it very much is about what God wants to do in you. And if you're in this room today, and we're going to get to baptism in a minute, but if you're in this room today and you need to be healed, would you just stand to your feet? You're like, oh my word, he's going to make me stand. Yep. Thank you. Anyone else? I got an ailment. I got an issue. I got a problem. I, need, I could use healing. Stand in this place. And again, I'm, I'm not the magician, but we're going to pray. There's some of you in here, when I talk about, about um, addiction and the need for deliverance, again, whatever, maybe it is the blinding rage thing. Maybe it is a pill or a bottle or something you're smoking or whatever. Maybe it is, like I said, that, that word sexual, which can be a weird word in church, but it's not. If, if, if any of these things where you go, I could use deliverance, stand to your feet. And I believe God's going to do a work. Maybe you're in here today and maybe your word is apathy. Maybe you're a follower of Christ, but you're just kind of going through the motions and spirituality is that thing, church, whatever, but, but, but you don't sense this living dynamic work. If that's you, stand in this place. And I believe God's going to work and do something unique today. If you know, and let me just be super general about it, that you're not where you ought to be with the dynamic work of God in your heart through the Holy Spirit, and you go, you know what? I just want to repent for that then would you just stand? I know you go, oh, it could be anybody. I get it. But I just want to kind of deal with it. Do it today. Father, today. Sorry. I'm sorry, God, that we would be a people that is static in our relationship with you. 
that we go through spiritual motions or we pray a prayer so that we get to heaven someday, but maybe we miss it. And whether we're online at home right now in our living rooms or something, or we're right here going, here I am, God. I pray for a breakthrough today. Not because I'm a magician, not because I can conjure something up, but because I believe that what you want to do is deep in the heart of every person. And we don't have to fly to some university. to. That's fine. But we don't have to do that. We have you right here. And I pray for those that need healing. God, would you heal? And those that need a, a, a repentance from that anger that has burned relationships, or maybe it's the bitterness and unforgiveness. God, bring that their way. And Father, they live in surrender. Forgive us where we don't forgive, where anger has burned relationships. God, I pray for that addiction. Whatever it might be, Lord, I pray you would set people free, that even as they pray under their breath right now, wherever they're at in this room, whatever's going on, that Jesus, you would honor that simple prayer. God, would you forgive me? And maybe it's apathy. And just, I'm going through the motions, but man, I don't, I don't feel alive. And it's not that we live by how we feel, but there are definitely moments where there ought to be this stirring in us. And I pray for this church. I pray for each of us in the room, and maybe some that are just guests today that you would stir in every single heart, move in every single heart. If you're standing in this room, would you just pray with me? Just say, Jesus, I need you. Would you stir in me? I want a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. Forgive me where I don't let that happen. Set me free from what ails me. I want a new zeal for you and your ways. I want to walk out the freedom that was paid for me at the cross. Come into my world. Let me live dynamically with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.